Hello and welcome to Splatter Chatter, where October never dies. We are your hosts, Mr. Craigers and Miss Melmore. And this is episode 23, the third and final part of our month-long series on Scream Queens. Mm-hmm. Not the TV show, remember, <laughs> but the actual Although human being. <laughs> we will have to mention the TV show uh, yes. in this segment. Although we have in the past, but like... We have in the past. We'll have to talk about it probably more than we ever have in a past episode tonight. Yes. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, the... Get your get your Women's History Month in while you can, um, because God knows women's history will disappear the second um, it is not a government-mandated international Fucking holiday. No. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, yeah. So, yeah. We, uh, tonight, we will be focusing, you know, we've been progressing slowly backwards in time, hitting on... Um, different eras of the Scream Queen. Our second episode looked at the 90s. This episode brought us to, of course, the 80s or in the late 70s. And while there are lots and lots of Scream Queens from that era we could have looked at, there's one who obviously outshines them all. (laughs) Yeah. And that's who we'll be talking about tonight. But before we delve into the bulk of that, we're going to do a quick um, new little segment thing that we have for you guys. Uh, what do we call it? Horror headlines? Horror. Headlines in horror? Alliteration. Horror. Alliteration. We're big fans of alliteration. Horror headlines. Um, news from the world of all things spook. So what's worth talking about? Um... Just some quick notes here. Uh, Entertainment Weekly released three um, collector's edition covers of their latest issue in regards to the new season of Twin Peaks. Which one do you have? I have the one with Laura. Oh, you know, that's, you know what, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Laura and Maddie, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, yes. Which, slightly off topic, but... I wanted most. <laughs> slightly off topic, but the other day, I was in basically Toronto's version of Urban Outfitters, but if it was a consignment store that bought and sold things instead of stealing them from people off the internet. <clears throat> and they had this yeah, whole section sure. for used and, like, gently used DVDs, and they had the... Um, box set of Twin Peaks that you have with Laura's face and you know all that stuff but it was $129 damn so, I think that was more expensive than it was when I bought it yeah so it I, didn't, I didn't buy it um I did almost buy for $14.99 the entire Nightmare on Elm Street box <laughs> but I was oh, like why is this part of me thought it had to have been mismarked because everything in this case was like really expensive really like, expensive there was a 30th edition anniversary edition of the labyrinth that was like 60 bucks and i was like why did nightmare on elm street 14 <laughs> for the whole franchise for the whole franchise was it like that eight movies <laughs> was it that collector's one where it's like kind of like silvery and red and yeah. shiny with him on like his full yeah. body on the front yeah i've seen that that one's cool so I didn't, you know, the the fun end to this, the climactic end to this story is I didn't end up buying anything, but I saw it. 
and twin peaks what we would like you guys to do is send us 15 dollars so that mel can buy so that mel can buy this collectors (laughs) i have little freddy back here behind craig got me um freddy pop figure for my birthday um and as you all know freddy was my first actual terrifying horror experience so rightly so go fund me Mm-hmm. Speaking of like things from a long time ago that terrified you, Killer Bob, yep, Twin Peaks, it's coming back. We are about two months out from the premiere date of the night. new season. Entertainment Weekly has all these new pictures from the set with like everybody in costume and posing and some candid stuff. And it just—I haven't read the article yet, which is shocking, but <laughs> it looks really really good yeah um and of course we don't, don't really know anything i don't know how much the issue is going to sh- shed like plot so, or character wise because david lynch is like a vault but the key then is that we all have to go back and watch every second of twin peaks yeah i just think i will second. be i will be doing that um i had a dream about Definitely. twin peaks last night actually now that i, now that I <gasps> did you yeah i am one of those people who can't remember that i dreams until someone says something and i'm like oh and i like <laughs> yeah. look off into the distance i'm like i dreamed that um, i hope it wasn't like dale cooper's dreams were yeah, you in the black lodge <laughs> i was not i was definitely riding in a car with um oh crap um killer bob Killer Bob. Killer Bob. That's not good. Um, I was fine, I guess. I don't know. And there was some <laughs> stuff. <laughs> made it out, I think. I yeah, like I remember when I wake up and was like, oh my dream. And then like when I later in the day I was like, I dreamt. Um, until somebody mentioned something. But yeah, definitely had weird dreams about Twin Peaks last night. And I think it's because before I went to bed, somebody released on like Tumblr like the cover of like it was pictures um, of it ended up on Tumblr, so it was like the last thing I saw before I went to you bed. You saw, <laughs> so I was like, it actually is true, kids, that you can induce nightmares by <laughs> by doing that to yourself, which must thrill Killer Bob. Yes. <laughs> well, and that too. The other thing was, is I recently re- rewatched an episode of Buffy that was very Twin Peaks inspired. It was like one of the first mm. that very much um, was using the Twin Peaks sort of riddle thing. It was the end of season three, and she sees, like, these really quick, like, subliminal flashes of, like, a dead body and stuff. And uh, I was, like, that's to- yeah. you know, um, Well, and, like, uh, Joss Whedon has said that Twin Peaks was a huge oh, inspiration for him. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, in um, the season finale of season four is really where you start to see it. Um, it just doesn't stop. Speaking of weird dreams, Miss Mao, I totally had this dream the other day that I don't know like what led up to it. There was more before this part of the dream, but I don't remember. But you, <laughs> you and I were um, we were assigned to this new task force to solve um, the uh, the Jean Benet Ramsey murder. What? The frick? <laughs> First of all, the fact you said you and I were assigned to a task force. <laughs> yep. and and like at some point later in the dream we got really frustrated and we're like okay it's obvious that like the family did it this isn't challenging enough so we asked to be reassigned and i'm pretty sure they reassigned us to the black dahlia murder um i don't know how that went for us though (laughs) that was i think the end of the dream (laughs) a strange league of cold cases 
Like, this yeah. isn't a challenge enough for me. Give me something like super, no fingerprints, no, no suspects, no suspects. Not even a Absolute body at this point. It's been years. Thing. <laughs> wow. So that was that. I don't know how we got here from Twin Peaks, but Murder we did. Murder solving wrapped in plastic. <laughs> you know. Murder solving wrapped in plastic. Um, get excited! You know, it's. I think it's going to be a really awesome yep. um, conclusion. True conclusion to the story. So. Yes. Yeah. The uh, for those of you who didn't watch Twin Peaks, um, a lot of people I think are surprised to find that it lasted as short as it did because it was such a cultural impact. It has such a huge cult following, and it only lasted about a season and a half or two seasons, I think. Maybe not even mm-hmm. a full two seasons before. Not even, yeah. It was 29 episodes. Yeah. Oh, it they, only didn't even get 30 episodes. Yeah. They pulled the plug on it, but, um, which they got, they wrapped up some stuff, um, but it definitely, the way it gets wrapped up, you know, you, people have been waiting mm-hmm. 25 years to, for, 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 for some answers. Yeah. So, and, um, we're, we're close. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, yeah, we just kind of wanted to, you know, keep you guys updated what's going on in the world of horror. Yeah. You know, just a quick, hey, this is this is something we think deserves your attention. So I think we're ready to get into the episode proper. Mm-hmm. Woohoo! Uh, Scream Queens Part 3. Yeah. Have you guessed who our Scream Queen is yet? You should have. Have you guessed? You should have. Uh, we should have. We should have had like a sound clip to like. Oh yeah. Be the I, know, I feel like be we like, said like fifty times last week. <laughs> drum roll and then like play something. Except we forgot. We we didn't we didn't do that. We that's not <laughs> happening. So I'm gonna give you guys this um, human version of, of a drum roll. Chewbacca. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis. Yay. Yay. Lady As Hayden Guest to some of you. <laughs> <laughs> Lady Hayden Guest to some of you, but don't ever call her that to her face. She doesn't like that. Uh, <laughs> Craig tried once. He got punched. <laughs> oh my God, I wish I had the chance to try. She yes. got that like that that picture that everyone uses on Tumblr where she's like yelling at that person um, at mm-hmm. lunch or something. That's the face she makes if you call her Lady Hayden Guest. <laughs> Okay, we have to assume, right? Yeah. So, Jamie Lee Curtis. Where to even begin, you know? She was born. Okay, Actually, yeah, it start starts even before that. Oh, my God. We can't even start there. <laughs> I know. Because her life is, like, she's just amazing. Um, her mom was born. So, her mom was born. Her dad was born. Um, if you don't know... And if you're, well, I mean, okay, maybe if you're, if you're just sort of a horror person, you would probably know her about her mom, but maybe not her dad. Jamie Lee Curtis is the product of not one legendary Hollywood actor, but two. Her mother was Janet Lee, um, most notable for playing Marion Crane in Psycho. Mm-hmm. Um, she obviously Janet Lee had like, a huge career, you know, but just um, that's what we remember her most for. And her father was Tony Curtis, um, who had 
a huge extensive career in sort of like golden age 50s and 60s Hollywood um, a really Im impressive resume as well um, so she came from um, an acting dynasty I guess as it were um, she was born in California in 1958 um, not Exactly a surprise, her parents being um, famous celebrities, they divorced when she was pretty young. Um, I think she, I, I think she's described her relationship with both of her parents as being, like, fine. Yeah. Uh, I think she saw them pretty much equally after the divorce, and I don't think their their divorce was, like, particularly savage or anything yeah, her, like that. Her um, dad had <laughs> remarriages, so she's got several mm -hmm. um and her mom re that. remarried i think once after yeah um yeah so she has a lot of uh half siblings um and oh and kelly curtis who is also an actress is her older sister or a uh, full sister um also the i think um, that is her only um full sibling as well i think the rest of her siblings are all half siblings yeah yeah it's just the two of them um, she, uh, had a pretty normal life for, um, the child of, of two famous actors. She didn't really like delve into, um, acting or, or theater when she was growing up. She wasn't a child star or anything like that. She went to school, um, uh, some, uh, private schools in California, which, um, Beverly Hills I ended think. up being, yeah ended up being kind of um a fun little nod when she was in Halloween H2O and she was playing the headmistress of a private school in California um she went to college and um was going to major in uh social work um but that I think is when she got bit by the act bug and um, she dropped out after one semester to try her hand at acting and what did she get her debut film role in? <laughs> Probably her John most Carpenter's, her most famous role John Carpenter's slasher classic 1978's Halloween which we proved with Jennifer Aniston in Leprechaun your first role in a horror film <laughs> Generally is not your best or your most famous work, yet um, <laughs> then again, Halloween is not Leprechaun. <clears throat> no. But, um, no. And um, gosh, you know, so much to say about, about Halloween, but also so much we've already said on the show about Halloween. Um, so I hope our lovely listeners will indulge us. Yeah. Um, because as we've referenced many times or talked about many times before, Halloween was not the first slasher, but it was the one that kicked off the trend. Yeah. And Laurie Strode, Jamie's character was, became the prototype of mm. the final girl. Oh, yeah. um, the film was a huge success. Um, it was, um, it, it blew everyone's expectations out of the water um, almost immediately cemented its place as being a classic in the horror genre. Um, 
and Jamie Lee Curtis got a bunch of attention like immediately and she was cast in a bunch of subsequent horror films because um people were so impressed with her work and honestly her screaming yeah. <laughs> you know it wasn't it wasn't a wrong moniker um no yeah she immediately was in three films in 1980 right after that um the fog prom night and terror train um and Which, a couple more until halloween 2 yeah and of those those three that she was cast in um immediately after halloween i feel like there's definitely like varying degrees of quality there <laughs> there's there's a couple of those those titles you recognize some yeah. You recognize less. Like, <laughs> I love Terra Train. I think that's probably my favorite of hers after Halloween. Hmm. Um, but a lot of people usually say The Fog because she plays a very different character than Laurie Strode. However, The Fog is not that scary of a movie. So it's I kind don't... of like weirdly eerie. <laughs> yeah, it's very eerie. In the remake, even less so. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Prom Night was another slasher, though. Um, yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, and I think yeah, because the fog was it was John Carpenter, but he yeah. it wasn't a slasher. No, um, and, and it, so it's 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 a ghost story, and she plays such a different character. Whereas Prom Night and Terror Train, which are which are slashers, she kind of she sort of just plays the same role again, mm-hmm. but. Um, it's it's interesting because Terror Train, I mean, a lot of people know Prom Night. It's obviously kids get whacked at their Prom Night. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> pretty typical stuff. Terror Train is a re- kind of a pretty unique concept where it's like um, you've got these people at a costume party on a moving train. Um, yeah. As they are being picked off by a masked killer, which is like five things happening at once, if you think about it. Like, you've got right? the costume party, the masks, you've got the crazy environment that is, like, dangerous onto itself because it's a fucking moving train. Like, um, there's, yeah. a lot of, there's a lot going on there. It's so much fun. It's like Murder on the Orient Express, like, in the 80s slasher horror boom. Yeah. Like... And yeah. it's so much fun. <clears throat> Among um, horror or slasher films, rather, I think it's actually one of the most unique concepts of a slasher because everything after Halloween kind of does Halloween over again and Friday the 13th yeah. and until you get to like Nightmare on Elm Street where it got kind of, it was still Halloween again, but just a little bit more, um, you know, mystical and supernatural and that sort of thing. This was just such a totally. unique concept that, like, even hearing, like, how can you not be interested in a series of murders that happened on a costume party, at a costume party, on a moving train? Like, with Jamie Lee Curtis. So With know. Jamie Lee Curtis, exactly. Who was, um, was a, was already, the like, the big draw and stuff or whatever mm. like terror train was was totally was panned by a lot of critics at the time um so it was the fog um i think prom night probably got the most yeah welcome critical reception but she was already the like the headliner the name the draw which is really unique um for the beginning of your career, yeah. especially at that time, especially if you were 
um, young and uh, well, and even for horror female. too, because I feel like you know now the um, the convention is, and even then, I think the convention was starting that you hired these young, new, no name actors. Like everyone at this point starts in horror. Like everyone did some kind of B horror mm -hmm. film at some point at the beginning of their career. Whereas if you go in kind of old school stuff like Universal monsters and stuff, they casted like cast, I don't think cast is a word, cast these, you know, really <laughs> theatrical actors. Um, you had these very famous people playing, um, you know, these sort of famous monsters and that sort of thing. And that goes until the 50s. And then eventually you kind of drop off to in the 70s in the slasher craze where you they're cast these like young teen actors or whatever. So she was kind of in the time frame where people in horror films weren't hugely named actors, or at least the actors playing these kids weren't well-known people. So for her be a draw of um, a horror film, like three years into her career, two years into her career, you know, it was very impressive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like, um, like a lot of people say, well, oh, well, you know, of course she was, she was Janet Lee and Tony Curtis's daughter, but that was not, that wasn't really something that was, um, like, that wasn't a card that they used. Like, they didn't really no. play that angle. And even today, I don't think people really realize who her parents were. Yeah. And I think she has done a lot to downplay that. And she's surrounded herself with people who kind of help her do that so that she wasn't going to be seen as riding on her parents' coattails. Like, that she was getting attention because of her own ability. Yeah. Well, and even uh, right after Terror Train, like, she took a tiny little break, I think, from, like, she went and did um, Escape from New York, which was, like, an action movie. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, like, she did, yeah. So, what was after? Escape from New York was what? 82? 83? 81? Okay, yeah. So, look, so she did, like... That's a lot of work. <laughs> That's a lot of work. That's about six horror movies in like a four, three or four year period. Yeah. Halloween, The Fog, Prom Night, Terror Train. She did Road Games and then Halloween 2 in 81. Yeah. So that's a, that's a lot. And I think at that time, that would have been considered like, Okay, if you do this much horror, you're kind of like you're very you're, she's extremely prolific, if nothing else. Like, and that's yeah, like, like, like what got her that title, Scream Queen, so quick and so fast is that she did so much horror in like the first five years of her career, let alone the entire yeah. span of it. And I feel like a lot of people were like, okay, well, then it's just horror from here on out, and then it's going to be less quality horror, and then it's going to be schlock horror. But what's great about Jamie Lee Curtis and well, I don't want to say great because I, I mean, you could, if you spend your whole career doing horror, I personally would think that's awesome. Like, <laughs> yeah, maybe we're trying like you absolutely you can do it. But just in terms of like Hollywood and, and the stigma. Well, and Debbie Sean does this kind of like art house films, whereas this is very like, she's the queen of mainstream horror here with Jamie Lee Curtis like right. everything she's been in has basically been like a blockbuster horror film um or a well-known horror film 
which right. is traditionally not seen as super intellectual, super well done, you know, yada yada. No, absolutely not. Um, and I think she's always known, she's had a very good knack of like, I guess just good self-awareness. She knows when she needs to step back from her work in horror. Um, and then when she can sort of dive back in, yeah. like, um, she, so she did that big slew of horror movies and then she basically <clears throat> became like that very rare performer who yeah. can ride their screen queen reputation into maybe the realm of more respected. I have a copy or, of A Fish Called Wanda. A Fish Called Wanda. Um, I love that movie. Do not forget that she does appear, so however briefly, in Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. She does. She is the, um, she's, she's like the, the 911 operator yeah. or whatever. So. Yeah. She's, yeah, she's the voice on the phone. For those of you that tolerated <laughs> Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Season of the Witch. So did Jamie Lee Curtis. She does, yeah. And, and so, yeah, so she, um. Trading Places, I think, was really big. Yeah. When she did Trading Places in 1983, it was kind of when that first moment where she sort of shed the um, Scream Queen image. Um, she won the gold, no, she won the BAFTA for um, her for Trading Places. When she did A Fish Called Wanda, um, she got like this sort of new angle of cult status because then she was showing her comedic side. Um, so within like 10 years of she her career, my girl, we all cried. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, it's so interesting that in 10 years, she's like, she's, she becomes a scream queen. So she's huge in horror. She does trading places. So she gets her like dramatic bonafide credentials. Mm -hmm. Then she does a fish called Wanda and she becomes like a comedy icon. And yeah. she's wearing all these hats just within, like, 10 years of starting out. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. No, you just... cannot say she does not work hard and she was not extremely prolific, like, right from the start. Um, no, yeah. Absolutely. She did True Lies, got a ton of... She won something for that, too. Yeah. Maybe another... She got a ton of nominations for it, too. She won the Globe for that. The Globe. Okay. Um, okay, yeah. and some other, like, there's, like, a ton of other random things she won. Um, and then in 1998, she returned to Halloween. Um. Yes. Which with Halloween very H2O exciting. 20 years later. So this is actually, like, a solidly good movie. The thing is, is oh, I yeah. was first introduced to it because I'd seen Halloween 1 and 2, um, and Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Um. Season of the Witch. <laughs> That was on TV um, this past Halloween. Like, somebody actually played it. Oh, my God. I've never seen... They usually seen, skip it. They usually do skip it. Somebody actually played it. Um, 1998, uh, Halloween H2O. I have always said... Oh, sorry. No, keep going. I just, just No, it's a total, total side tangent. I have just... I've always said, if I um, ever meet Tom oh, Atkins, yes. the you only thing this. I'm going to, like, accept to talk to him about... Is it's Halloween three season of the witch. Like I just I gotta know. It's like that episode of Family. I'm like Guy I need to know where Peter goes to ask about Shawshank Redemption or whatever. Yeah. Or was it The Rock? I don't like, know. It was something. They're like Shawshank, and they're like, "Did you like the movie?" 
So I guess I, I enjoyed it very much very until much. that point. Until that point. Yeah, he like asked about their escape or whatever, about like the logistics <laughs> yeah. of it. Um, it's that type of thing. Yeah, no, like Halloween. Th- okay, so we don't talk about Halloween 3 season of the witch and there's a reason for that. Um, but the thing is, is Halloween, the idea originally um, is that Halloween was going to be an anthology um, after they wrapped up um, Michael Myers' story with Halloween 2, where they revealed his backstory, revealed that Laurie was his sister. Mm-hmm. Which even that wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah, he was just supposed to be the shape. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's funny because I think you can look at it in two ways. You can look and say, okay, it's really scary in Halloween that he's just the shape and that's freaky. But I also love the backstory in Halloween too. Like there's something that just really gets me because it's kind of the Phantom and Christine-esque where you've got, you know, the the killer and the final girl. Um, I love stories Mm -hmm. like that. Well, I just love Halloween too as a movie. yeah. I think it's so much fun um, and really tense. It is. and um, But Halloween 3, Season of the Witch is a completely different story that... At first you're thinking, okay, Season of the Witch. Sure, Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. You would be wrong in any assumption you're making, though, about what the title <laughs> has to do with the content of the movie. <laughs> it has nothing to do with anything you're thinking about. I can nothing. promise you that. Basically, um, this, is it in Ireland or England, this town, um, a costume shop creates these masks um, and these costumes and play these like hypnotic commercials and basically are using them to try and take over the populace on Halloween night with this like catchy little jingle. They're going to like brainwash the kids of America, like turn them like, like... Again, it, it, it makes zero sense. It's incredibly stupid. And <gasps> now it, you don't have to watch it because we told you what happened. <laughs> yeah. It would make an amazing booze and booze. Interesting. We'll come back to that. We'll um, come back to that. We'll come back to that. Uh, just know that she was in there as a telephone operator. But Halloween HTO, so I was introduced to this yes. um, in high school. Uh, my sophomore year of high school, I um, took a couple there was like a series you know like a track of film like classes you could take like in your electives and I was taking the broadcasting like film class and we watched this movie to when we talked about our treatment unit because basically we were given the actual official treatment of Halloween H2O um and we had to read it and you know talk about it what have you and then we actually watched the movie and compared to the treatment which was interesting that all being said, I was just really excited we were watching Halloween H2O. Um, yes. <laughs> which takes place 20 years after Halloween 2. Um, but basically, it's her son yeah. goes to yeah. college. Yeah, she, yeah, so she's like, Lori has. She's um, got a secret identity. She's like, she, been, she went into hiding basically after yeah. the events of the first um, two movies. They kind of like. It's not super clear, but I think officially it like retcons Halloween's four, five, and six, in which um, Daniel Harris's character Jamie Lloyd was supposed to be Laurie's daughter, but that's just like kind of ignored. Um, yeah. So she's she's been in hiding, that. and now she's this headmistress at this private school. Um, uh, it's California. somewhere in California. Yeah. They're taking the field trip to Yosemite. Yeah. And. And her and her son is a student there, uh, Josh Hartnett, and um, you know, in his early <laughs> yeah. years. And so it's it's a twenty year anniversary of the events that that happened to her, and essentially like destroyed her life. 
Cool J is and, also in this movie, by the way. LL Cool J is in the movie. He's the security and, guard, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and she's tried to build, and she's worried that, that Michael is going to find her um, because, you know, after the events of Halloween two, it's like he's dead, but is he? Kind of like the end of every Halloween. And, um, and he does. Um, because in this, in, it's not important, but in the prologue, he like tracks down Dr. It's Loomis. It's actually a really good prologue. It is a really good The opening prologue. of this movie also, is like really solid. It is. And the prologue involves Joseph Gordon-Levitt and his film debut. Yeah, little, little Joe. Which I remember he's, everyone like in class when we were watching it was like, huh. <laughs> uh, when we, because you know, the treatment doesn't say Joseph Gordon Levitt goes into the weird house. <laughs> right. Teenage hockey. Um, fun fact um, completely off topic, but also with horror. In this, um, in that class was the first time I was introduced to the original When a Stranger Calls without her telling mm-hmm. us that's what it was. Um, she just put on this movie. I forget why. And we watched, you know, the first 20 minutes, the only parts of the movie that mm-hmm. matter. And then like, when it was over, like, or when we were halfway through, somebody was like, oh, like, and figured out what it was. And she was like, don't tell them. Because we had to, like, guess what movie we were watching. It was really cool. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. I like the original One of Stranger Calls. I actually like the remake, yeah. too. I like the Urban Legend. A lot of people shit on both of them. But yeah, well, whatever. I like the Urban Legend. I mean, I don't like the idea of, you know, somebody getting, like, murdered or whatever, but... Um, you know, the first 20 minutes of When a Stranger Calls is usually considered the best part of the movie. But, you know, what can yeah. you do? Point is, Halloween H2O. Halloween H2O. So, yeah. So, yes, this was this was her comeback to the role uh, of Laurie Strode. It was, um, you know, she was enticed back as like, let's let's give her a, a definitive end. Let's. Let's have that that showdown between Michael and Lori. What it, what it's all really been about, um, like um, Roman and Sydney. Yeah, and their their iconic lines of "fuck you," "no," "fuck you," and then they leap you. at each other. <laughs> the leaping. There is a. There's no. Well, I there's, guess there's there's leaping. a little bit of leaping, just not of that kind. And um, yeah, and it's and it's really great and really fun and she kicks ass um playing this you know this adult Laura show she has um this this new life to protect she has she has a boyfriend she has a child um her son you know and this this world that like it's it's so secluded and and private it's supposed to be like the ultimate safe haven for her and michael violates that like he did before like this um this very much plays with environment i feel like too because it's like such a secreted away little um like private i don't know if it's a high school or a college or what have you um but it's some kind of boarding school either way yeah um, like yeah. in the forests of like slightly northern California, um, mm-hmm. and it's Halloween, obviously, because of course it's Halloween, and um, you know it's just like the entire atmosphere of this movie is so so cool. It's very cool. It's very cool. Oh, and and um, Jamie Lee Curtis's mother, Janet Lee, cameos as the school secretary, Mrs. Watson. <laughs> And it's really, really cute. It is. And it's like, and, and you know, and all the horror nerds go, ah. Yay. Finger pointing. <laughs> hey. Yay. And 
And and she and I think there's there's some like little quippy line that relates to Psycho. I can't remember what it is, but it's, it's cute. It is. Um, yeah, and and it, and this movie would have been so good if it was the end of the franchise. Yeah, because it ends so Just, well. It ends so well, and then there was an Ace movie, the final movie before Rob Zombie's remakes, mm-hmm. Halloween Resurrection. The Curse of Jamie Michael Curtis Myers. is in it, and um, it's it's not it's not good. Um, Paul Rudd was that was his film debut was in The Curse of Michael Myers, which was on Netflix for a while. Yeah, yeah, Halloween Six. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah so. It just and uh, like part of like so Rob Zombie's remake. Part of my issue with it is that they cast anyone to play Laurie Strode. <laughs> I just find that very offensive. <laughs> yeah. I don't even I, know who it was. That's how much I care. But I know that somebody played her. Uh, Which, fun fact, kids. I went to a Rob Zombie concert once and was yelled at by oh, no. Rob Zombie. Personally yelled at by it Rob was, Zombie. It was, personally it was horrifying, at actually. <laughs> I was in the front right. row. Oh, yeah, I remember that story. That's yeah, that story. was the night I wasn't watching Game of Thrones because I got dragged to a Rob Zombie concert to get yelled at by Rob Zombie. A scary saggy stick of a man with some crazy dreads and i don't like inherently dislike rob zombie he is like super polarizing in the horror community i mean i mean like shows that he puts on for his actual show and the way he uses film in his show very interesting yeah and like i like some of his some of his movies i i really don't like um halloween and, and halloween too i don't think are good as much as like me being biased and loving the original so much i don't think they're good but like house of a thousand corpses the devil's rejects i think those did some interesting things but um the the remakes were just he's a big, so shock, he's a big shock guy um yeah he is and halloween's more about mood and kind of like <laughs> Scout Taylor Compton. That's who played Laurie in the remake. Mm. I'm even more and offended that her name is Scout because that's like two things that she's stealing from me now. Right? Two characters she, like, she's trying done. to be. <clears throat> she hasn't like done bullshit since that, obviously. Eh, shocking. So, so. Um, so. But yeah, Halloween um, Resurrection. Yeah! Halloween H2O, so good. Um, Halloween Resurrection, not that good. Um... And that was her last appearance as um, Laurie Strode in the Halloween franchise. Um, yeah, so since, since I think, well, since H2O, she, she hasn't really done horror. No, she's in between, the in between, you know, after Yeah. Because, like, after Fish Called Wanda, she was kind of going back. Some comedies, some She did, um... Well, dramas. it's horror, but she was in the Veronica Mars film, which is, you know, kind of... Oh, was she? A thing, yeah. Mm. She did Freaky Friday. She did, with uh, Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, that was actually... I really liked Freaky Friday. At the t- time, I loved it. I don't think I've seen it since, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. I could not tell you a single thing about the plot of up. that movie since then, but... You know what I remember? I always remember about Freaky Friday, and this was from the trailer, and like they played it a million fucking times. It was like after they had switched, so it was Jamie Lee Curtis, but it was like 
it's supposed to be Lindsay, like the daughter or whatever. And she's like, oh, I'm old. I'm like the Crypt Keeper. Yeah. <laughs> I always the remember Crypt that. Because she says it so like viscerally. Yeah. I'm like the like, Crypt Keeper. Like she's just seen her mom for the first time. Like she has not so, noticed before the age difference between her and her mother. Mm-hmm. Oh. And then like, and she's kind of like, okay. Even in that movie, I'm pretty sure that Jamie Lee Curtis looked better than Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was the beginning of a dark time for Lindsay Lohan. Um, <clears throat> yeah. But yeah, yeah, she really didn't do... I mean, and like, that's the, you know, and it's interesting because it's like when you talk about Jamie Lee Curtis as the Scream Queen, you're thinking she's like done like 50 horror films, kind of like Debbie Rochon, where it's really, it's just, you know, she was in obviously really? Prom Night in the Fog, but she's known as showing up constantly in these Halloween these films in the Halloween franchise and her performance She's really is, just got a handful yeah, of horror her, her performance is so um, you know memorable that that's what people know her for even though she's done a ton of these like comedy films and like young adult films and Halloween or uh, Christmas comedy films and that sort of like she's done a bunch of different things but you know everyone remembers her as Laurie Strode because of you know what she did for horror with playing that character um and kind of the way she paved for for future characters um you know basically future female characters and I would even argue to say something like um, you know, Buffy wouldn't have existed if Laurie Strode hadn't existed first. I mean, you always talk about yeah. these things where things build upon themselves. I mean, Laurie Strode was kind of the first really, really prominent female character in this sort of like dark supernatural world. And, you know, obviously if you compare it to something like Buffy now, it's two very different characters. But I don't think Buffy would have existed if Laurie hadn't come on the scene first. So. I completely agree. I mean, yeah, because it's not just, like, yeah, it, it's really easy to see, like, in the glut of slashers that followed Halloween and went through the 80s. Um, yeah, the, the heroines, the final girls, you know, Alice, Friday the 13th, Nancy from Nightmare on Elm Street, they're all modeled after Laurie Strode. Yeah. Um, but her influence extends beyond the slashers yeah. and beyond the eighties In into characters like Buffy into yeah. characters like Sidney Prescott. Um, oh my God. Sidney all... Prescott is literally what Laurie would have been if Laurie existed in the nineties. Yeah. Like it's like, they it's all... totally Laurie for a new generation. They all draw from Laurie Strode and they all draw from Jamie Lee Curtis's portrayal of Laurie Strode. Yeah. Um, and and it's really cool because yeah everyone says like the character changed a lot about um, the idea of, of heroines in horror films and kind of creating and giving a prototype for the final girl but also Jamie Lee Curtis herself I think like her success in horror and her later success in more quote legitimate films I think she really helped remove the stigma that's yeah. associated with with women who work in horror. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just like, you know, if you're looking, you know, because nowadays when you think of horror and you're thinking of the motifs, there's always this girl. It's always, you know, there are final boys. Like, they do exist. Um, oh, yeah. But, you know, the first thing that pops to mind is there's a girl who makes it at the end. Um, because, you know, that's just mm -hmm. the way these things go. Because she, you know, fights her way out. Because she 
you know, doesn't break any of these social taboos that are set up within the rules of the film, what have you, but that all comes from, essentially from Halloween. It wasn't the first film to do this, but like most things, you know, it's never the first um, go at this that that gets remembered as kind of the, the, you know, the big one. Like there was found footage before uh, Blair Witch. There was... Blair Witch. Um, <clears throat> Uh, you know, anything, like even, you know, in Disney animation, you know, films like that, Little Mermaid came before Beauty and the Beast, you know, which harkened Lion King, that sort of thing. Like the first go at mm -hmm. something is never the one that works. It's like the first generation of a phone. You never want to buy the first generation right. of anything <laughs> um, because there's still kinks to work out. And um, in the case of Jamie Lee Curtis, like they worked out so amazing. Yeah, they really did. And thank God no, right? <laughs> for us because yeah. we've gotten to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, so since Halloween Resurrection, in terms of film, um, Jamie Lee has not um, delved into horror. But in terms of television, <laughs> um, oh, a different oh. story. I know. We, well, we knew we had to talk about it. We did. Um, eventually and okay so her television career um mostly the same of a lot of uh, um working hollywood um cool movie actors as opposed to tv actors which is a stupid distinction yeah. um just a lot of she's guest starred on a lot of different shows throughout her career like from things like the love boat all the way through, like, NCIS and New Girl. Um, but her first, like, true foray into television, which also marked her return to horror in uh, after, like, uh, I don't know, 12 or 13-year gap since Halloween Resurrection, taking a role on Ryan Murphy's Fox horror comedy Scream Queens. Yeah. Which you have heard many a times us kind of say and groan. Um, we had to talk about it a little bit with Abigail Breslin. Um, yes. But yeah, basically, Jamie Lee Curtis plays this role of this like tongue-in-cheek person that we all know as Jamie Lee Curtis, and we're all giggling because, oh, it's called Scream Queens and Jamie Lee Curtis is on it. But she basically plays like this world's version of Sue Sylvester. Um, yeah. She is the dean of students for a university of which I cannot remember the name. Um, that, knows. Yeah. Um, that basically 20 years ago or something, whatever, 18 years ago, whatever the age of a college student is years ago, <laughs> um, the a sorority basically had a, um, one of the sisters of the sorority died I believe it was while in childbirth, like she had gotten pregnant and gave birth during a party and everyone was too drunk and yeah. partying to care. A Halloween party. A Halloween party. <laughs> um, and she gave birth to this kid in the bathtub of like their sorority house. And like, then she died. And that's all we know. We don't know what happened to the kid. We don't know, you know, they, right. just, they got rid of the body, what have you. Um, and, you know, fast forward college student age later, um, <laughs> some chick I can't remember her name she wasn't in season two 
um, uh, Grace. Grace comes to the school for the first time. Her mom was in the sorority. Um, she wants to pledge for this sorority, which is being run by Emma Roberts, another person who has been given the moniker of Scream Queen, um, who plays Chanel, um, who is the president of the sorority and basically makes everyone her minions and may or may not have like killed the previous president to get her position. There was yeah. like dubious circumstances. People think she not killed her, but like seriously maimed her. Um, but um, and yeah, basically this Grace chick comes to believe that she was the baby in the bathtub, and there's a series of murders Which happening. Just like so white of her. She's like three seconds in, she was like, "I was the baby in the bathtub." Like before it's you me. even know, it's all a, about me. Before you even know, there's a baby in the bathtub. She's like, "I was the baby in the bathtub." Um, and there's like a serial killer on the loose dressed as like the school mascot um and it becomes clear as with you know the um tradition of scream there's actually two killers um the only good character is um oh my god denise Denise hemfield i want to say (laughs) zayday that wasn't i was like that's not her name she just says that a lot um yeah denise hemfield the security guard who is hired to protect the sorority when it becomes clear that they are being targeted because there's a bunch of these like random like random pledges who are getting picked (laughs) off as well Um, right but yeah basically jamie lee curtis plays this character who's the dean of the school was she in the she was originally in the sorority and like helped cover up i think Yes, she has some huge grudge against the sorority. I can't remember why. Yeah, she specifically like hates Chanel. um, Yeah, for some reason, it's all very nonsensical, as you know, any Ryan Murphy show is. Yeah. Um, this was like his weird, like if Glee and American Horror Story had a baby. Yeah, it would be this. In season two, she plays the same character, even though it wasn't clear whether it was going to be an anthology series or not. Even when you're five minutes into the episode, <laughs> you weren't quite sure yeah. these are the same characters. Um, who nope, is not, not at like all. opens a hospital because she's suddenly a doctor, um, mm-hmm. and she and has an iconic thing. moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, the same thing happens again. But in season one, they try to play on this iconic moment where she gets attacked in the shower. And then, like, beats the shit out of her attacker and says, I saw that movie 50 times or something like that. Yeah. And everyone goes, ha, ha, ha. You know. You know. And and, it, and it's, not, it's not that clever. No, it's not. You know. But that's, that's classic Ryan Murphy. Like, oh, look at what I'm doing. Do you get it? Because I know that she's Janet Lee's daughter. Yeah, we all know that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We also all saw that movie 50 times. (laughs) We also have seen that movie 50 times. But whatever. I mean, I guess that line is funny. Uh, I mean, um, yeah, like, the way they, they, you know, it was like, okay, yeah, jokes. She saw that movie a lot. Like, she probably did see that movie a lot in real life, too. Um, You know. But I attribute that to her delivery. Yeah, the way she says it, yeah. Creativity. Yeah. So basically, yes. So, yeah. Basically, yes. So that is what um, that's what she's doing right now with her career. Um, she she's also an author. Um, she is. Uh, she's written several children's books. Um, I think something else here and there. Um, 
she's she used she was a spokesperson for what was it activia activia the yogurt for the yogurt for a while um i think a lot of people know her from that uh yeah what else is oh her her husband um who is a famous uh photographer in his own right um christopher guest um Several years into their marriage, he inherited a barony, um, an, an, an English title, the Hayden Guest Barony. So she became a baroness when that happened. Um, she doesn't really use her title in any official capacity, and uh, her husband doesn't really either, but it's a fun fact. Yeah. Um, oh, and she is also super sweet. World of Warcraft. She um, is with super her son. duper into World of Warcraft. It's weird. <laughs> like of all the fun facts, um, that is the most fun. She like apparently like helped him cosplay an outfit at one point too. Like she goes to a lot of comic cons about it. Like, yeah. I mean, if you like Google. Jamie Lee Curtis, World of Warcraft, or, or cosplaying or something, you'll see pictures of her in her... She gets really proud in interviews because she makes her own costumes for the cosplaying, like a true cosplayer. <laughs> yeah. And she'll, like, talk about, oh, this is how I made it and stuff or whatever, and she's really into it. It's, you know, and it's funny because it's, like, you hear things like that and you're like, oh, like, random actors into Lord of the Rings or... Wheel of Time. <laughs> nope. Jamie Lee Curtis is into World of Warcraft. That's her thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's her thing. Yeah. She also, I think, she blogs for the Huffington Post. Yeah, that's not that's not too too shocking. On occasion, it's interesting when you see like your um the like your favorite actors or people who do things in other capacities as guest contributors at random publications, and you're like, oh. Is that actually like, okay. Stephen King writing Lost Reviews? I don't... <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what to do with that information. It's weird, all right. Yeah. Um, but yeah. That's Jamie Lee Curtis, yeah. kids. That's Jamie Lee. And she has, I mean, I have mentioned time and again that Halloween is my favorite whole world. To no surprise, she has a very special place in my heart. Um, the character she brought to life, you know, has a special place in my horror heart. And Craig's horror to heart. me, they're, you know, reigning and popular scream queens come and go. And, you know, we've had lots and lots of awesome scream queens since, uh, you know, Jamie Lee's era in the beginning of the 80s. But no one, no one is ever, ever going to be better than her to no, me. Yeah. <sighs> So. Yeah, no, I and it's very unique because even if you look at, you know, because, you know, you can say, all right, she had the wave of slasher films, like horror was very big in the late 70s, 80s, into the early 90s, like, and she had that going for her, but even if you look now, like, you know, you've got um, found footage films are a dime a dozen, yet you don't have anyone kind of standing out as the, like, face Mm-mm of that type of film genre, the way that she stands out as the face of slasher. So definitely. Yeah. definitely. She was, you know, 
The one that one and only. Yeah. Indeed. So. Um. But though though the lovely Jamie Lee um was kind of like the first conception of the Scream Queen as we currently think of it, she wasn't really the first Scream Queen. Meaning the first um actress to work in horror and kind of gain fame and notoriety for specifically that work in horror. That goes back almost to the origins of uh, not just horror films, but films in general. If you go back to um, 1933's King Kong, yeah. uh, Faye Ray, who played, I don't who knows what the character's name was, but the blonde that um, King Kong, you know, ends up taking yeah, to the top the, of the yeah. state building. Yeah, up the building or whatever. Um, she gained huge notoriety for that. Um, crazy fan base, super beloved. Um, then was in a lot of, uh, you know, B-horror movies after that. Um, and then right around the same time, probably right after her, like the second Scream Queen, uh, Elsa Lancaster. For uh, Bride of Frankenstein yeah. in 1935, um, who was was interesting. Like even going back, she was playing the monster, like the villain. Yeah, little little, and it's interesting because it's like you get that a little bit with I think um, Scream Four, where the, it's postulated that Sydney might be the killer. Um, yeah, that didn't end up happening, but. Um, it's always that's always something that I found interesting is when the scream queen turns into the killer, um, and that's something that yes. doesn't really happen very often. No, no, and and it's it's interesting to think that oh, like that was even that happened at the beginning, you know, yeah. like yeah, yeah, cool. So. so I believe that concludes our series on scream queens. Yeah. Um, obviously there are plenty, plenty more of lovely, talented and influential, um, ladies out there that we could have talked about and, and looked at their careers in horror, but there's only so much time. There's only so much time. Um, so hopefully you've enjoyed our, our highlights of the ones we did look at. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I encourage you to, uh. Go out and check out some films maybe you haven't seen before. Um, there was some kind of, um, especially Deborah Sean, there was definitely some uh, more obscure stuff on there in yeah. addition to the mainstream stuff and maybe go back and look at the films I mean, with a new eye. Yeah, there, I mean, there's a ton of Debbie Rashawn stuff that I haven't even seen. Oh my God, uh, it's exhaustive, the list. like her, It's insane. Her, like, her filmography is daunting. Um, but yeah, some of her stuff, which is weird and fun. I recommend Terror Train if you need a new Jamie Lee movie you haven't seen. Um, um, you know, what were, what were some good ones for the our early? Um, I guess everybody's seen Zombieland. Yeah. <laughs> Haunter, um, definitely. We've told you Haunter, several yeah, times. Yeah, Abigail Breslin. That's a less known. Yeah. Great little film. 
Um, but yeah, uh, continue with your your women's history even after March has ended, which Craig and I both realized is really soon. Um, really soon. It will be April soon. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I have we're. To pay my rent. I also have to pay my rent. Um, <laughs> it's fine. I'll do it. <laughs> uh, you'll get it when you get it. <clears throat> um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, we're gonna after this go into we've been tossing around some ideas um, that we talked about uh, be, betwixt each other. I don't think we mentioned them before. Like Craig said, we're gonna do um, this new news segment since you know all like real podcasts have a news segment, and <laughs> we should have one too. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so if you want to get in contact with we're us, a real we're a real podcast now. Um, if you want to get in contact with us, it is splatterchatter669 at gmail.com. On Twitter, splatterchatter666, minus all the vowels. Um, Craig's blog is splatterchatter666.blogspot.com or Tumblr splatterchatter.tumblr.com. I think that's everything. We are on SoundCloud. We are on iTunes. Um... And yeah, I think that's that's about all the social medias and the, the communications. Um, I think we're gonna do a booze and booze next. We haven't done one of those in a while, and thanks killing seemed to actually be a pretty big hit with people, which is funny because I I don't know how one receives these booze and booze, but so far they've actually been pretty. Uh, I know pretty popular, so we're gonna go on with that i think we gave ourselves a pretty good idea of what we could do for booze and booze but there's also plenty out there um <laughs> oh there's so much but yes kids we could that could be a whole podcast <laughs> and another thing yeah um and another thing but yeah cool stuff cool stuff yes cool stuff coming your way um yeah so keep up the creep. And until next time, we will say au revoir, adios, and dasvidaniya.